0: It's time to get In The Huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaCanfora. All right, Baldy, let's get to the mailbag because this is something we've been looking forward to and been uh, waiting to get questions from all around the country, all around the world as people listen to this podcast. And we appreciate you guys checking us out. One of the things that you've been getting a lot of, and it was one of the first questions we saw in our mailbag was, What if the Jets don't have playoff success? What does it mean for Robert Sala? Will he be fired?
1: Uh, I don't know the answer, but I know the pressure's on to perform. And he has been given everything that a coach could ask for, whether it's elite, top-level young talent, or whether it's free agent signings, or whether it's the biggest player to move from one team to another. In Aaron Rodgers, and if we want to look at Aaron Rodgers in the same scope as Tom Brady or Matt Stafford, those guys changed teams and won Super Bowls. They didn't just get right. to the playoffs. They won the whole thing, and they've got one in the bank as a result. So to me, that's kind of what the standard is. Nobody thought Tampa was going to be a Super Bowl-caliber team. Brady elevated everybody around him. I don't think anybody thought Matt Stafford had that ability. Uh, although I think people thought Aaron Donald and, you know, Cooper Cup and Sean McVay, like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, like there were some pieces there, but I don't think anybody thought that they were going to go win a Super Bowl, especially when they had a midseason slump, lost three games in a row, turned the ball over, not good on third downs. It, it didn't look good. Yet Stafford did it. And that's kind of where Aaron Rodgers is right now. Like he's in, okay, not only do you have to like, get to the playoffs. Can you win a Super Bowl? Now if you get to the playoffs. Uh, I think his job is safe, but if they don't get to the playoffs, it'd be hard to think that Robert Sala, it'd be back another year.
0: Yeah. I, here's the crazy thing though. I mean, like we're not trying to fire anybody guys in June. No. All right. <laughs> but it is a valid question for jets fans because the expectation has never been this high, right? I mean, it, it's never been this high. So, whether it's winning the division, getting to the playoffs, or for that matter, just uh, finding a way to get to the AFC Championship game—if all of that plays out, he'll be fine. Yeah. But if this is a seven and you know seven win football team, that 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 becomes the issue, and then you go, where are they going to go, Baldy? Where, where would the Jets go after that? And more importantly, is he coming back? Well, I mean, look, last year they were seven and four after beating Chicago
1: at home. Uh, right there in the playoff picture, had beaten the Cleveland Browns in in crazy fashion at the end of the game, beat the Buffalo Bills at their own game, and really ran the ball down their throats to secure the win at the end of the game. And then they didn't win another game after right. going seven and four. And yeah. you go, Well, it was just the quarterbacks. You know, I mean Zach Wilson couldn't stay healthy and Joe Flacco was old and you know, you know, all this stuff. And you go, okay, so here's the quarterback. Here we, we've just given you an MVP caliber quarterback, all right, after, after you know, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner were the rookies of the year on the offensive defense side of the ball. So, you know, and then, you know, here's free agency and here's the draft, bless you, you know, and here's a new shiny center, you know, and Joe Tipman, et cetera. All right, now, all right, let's 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 take that 7-4 and four record and let's get you to the playoffs. I mean, I just, I, I do feel like that has to be the bare minimum for Robert Solo this year. And I, you know, if Robert was on this podcast with us. we'd I'd, say the same thing. I, I, I'd say the same thing to Robert. Yeah. Like Robert, look, bare minimum. You know, you change the offense coordinator, change the offense line coach, got yourself a hall of fame quarterback. I mean, isn't this what it's all about winning playoff games right now?
0: You know I mean? I, I think that's fair. I do too. All right. Let's get to the next question in our mailbag guys. It is in the huddle, uh, a Falcons offensive line question, which is interesting. Uh, they were third in the league in rushing last year, for those folks who don't know, um, but they didn't make the playoffs. But I think they're trying to improve on that by drafting Bijan Robinson. The question is, who should you be watching or who should we know on the offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons? Um, Long term, obviously, Jake Matthews has been there at their left tackle. But Baldy, tell me what you think about this O-line and who, sh- who should people know on this O-line? Well, I think Jake Matthews right
1: now has like a pretty good streak going of consecutive plays played over a number of years right now. So he's steady. I think, um, you know, Caleb McGarry just got re-upped or extended, okay? Lindstrom had already had that done, the right guard. Uh, Drew Dahlman is the center, solid player. But I just think, you know, we should get to know Matt Bergeron.
0: Mm-hmm. He was the
1: rookie uh, second-round pick out of Syracuse. I mean, I wouldn't study him at Syracuse. He was left tackle there, and he was a really solid player. I don't know how many. I, he started at least three straight years, maybe 40-something games at Syracuse. But, you know, he's, he's moving into left guard, and, and maybe eventually he, he goes back out to tackle, but he looked like a plug-and-play left guard to me. It looked like a big hole to fill last year. Um, I think a Matt Bergeron could come in and play really well between Matthews and Dom I mean, that'd be a guy that, you know, I'm going to be watching early on in how he performs um, going up against some of the elite, you know, you know, going up against Derrick Brown and Carolina yeah. and Vita Vea and Tampa. I mean, just some of the guys he's got beast. to deal with in his own division. <laughs> you know, I want to see how he performs.
0: Yeah. Big big beast is who he's going up against. Those, yeah. those guys are monsters. Um, yeah. I, I'll be honest, man. I saw Derrick Brown last year. Just throw guys out of the way, like literally, yeah you know, and rem- reminiscent of of Reggie White. And I know we've talked about Reggie in your time in Philly, just literally grabbing a guy on one arm and just throwing him out of the way. And I'm like, this guy's incredible. So you're right. He's going to be challenged early on. And I will say this, too, about Bergeron. Um, Lindstrom, I talked to Chris Lindstrom about this, and he mm-hmm. was saying in mandatory mini camp and even in, in the rookie camp, they were watching him. They like that the other O-linemen like what they're seeing. They're not going to make the decision about who starts and all that stuff, obviously, but they were hinting like this dude's got it. He's got what it takes. So I'm with you, Baldy. I'm kind of curious, but a great question there about the Atlanta O-line and and it's going to, you know, dictate their run game guys. and, And we'll see how good they are. Let's talk about the Colts. I thought last year for Jonathan Taylor was a disappointing year, right? I mean, I, I'm not sure all the things that were going on there. We know about the dysfunction with the coaching staff and all that stuff that happened. But the question from uh, the mailbag is about the Colts' offensive line, Baldy. And what do you think about that old line? Remember, they drafted Richardson, the quarterback, out of Florida. We don't know how soon he'll start and all of that. But my thing is, like, Jonathan, t- is Taylor going to get back to what we thought he was?
1: Well, I mean, look, it, there was not a bigger Quentin Nelson fan in this league than me. I mean, his first three years, my like, he was writing a ticket, like, literally to the Hall of Fame. the way he played and then he whatever reason whether it was health or um weight or what I don't know what it was but he was not good last year he wasn't anywhere near what he was like his first two and maybe three years in the league and then was, was he injured you know he had some ankle issues and I don't know like how much it affected him um but he did not play well he he did not moved the line of scrimmage the way he had. He did not dominate guys in front of him. He didn't make players around him better. He had a rookie left tackle, um, Bernard Ryman, um, you know, that stepped in at some point during the season to play. They hadn't really fixed that left tackle position since Eric Fisher left. They've tried a lot of different guys there, Matt Pryor, all these different guys. Um, You know, and Ryan Kelly at center did not play well. Ryan Kelly's first-round pick, um, and – he was part of a line that was elite for a couple of years when Jonathan Taylor led the league in rushing. That was an elite group. Braden Smith at right tackle was an elite player. Um, and he went, so none of them really played well last year. So to me, if, if Indianapolis is going to turn this franchise around, it's going to start with the offense line. You talk about Anthony Richardson and, and all of the talent that he has. Um, it's got to start up front. And when they were a playoff team and people said they were just a quarterback away from making a deep playoff run, people looked at the offense line and big Q at left guard and Jonathan Taylor. And they'd like, this is the pieces, you know, and then DeForest Buckner on defense and, you know, Shaq Leonard and all the guys they had on defense was there, but really that was the foundation to this team. And that kind of blew up last year. So to me, like I'm, I can't wait to go watch Big Q at left guard to see if he regains his form of what he once was like.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, he was setting the pace to your point about how to play that position and and just be dominant at at the guard position. And I think Baldy, they at the time didn't they make him the highest paid guard in yeah. the league? Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Oh, he, they, they extended him, he,
1: and rightfully so. Like he had earned that extension in that type of. And he's not a guy that. You know, anybody that knows Quentin, like, it's because he got a bigger check. Like, he wasn't, like, sitting back and, uh, you know, relaxing. It's just not his style. So, he needs to get back to his form where he was a feared left guard, maybe the most feared left guard in this league.